This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I'm so excited about today. I even almost cut you off there. I'm, we've got Helmut Pastrick. He's the chief economist at Central One Credit Union. That's right. Past guest, fan favorite. Yes. So excited to have Helmut on for a couple of reasons, but primarily because... You're a fan. I'm a fan. Well, no, that, yeah, that's, that is number one. But number two, COVID-19. Yes. It's happening. It it's, seems like it's the situation is changing almost every hour as opposed to every day or every week. We saw the stock market plummet on Monday. Yes. Um, You know, times are, we're in interesting times and I think there's nobody better. And I would, I would make this argument full heartedly. There's no one better to speak to than Helmut Pastrick. Well, yeah, for sure when it comes to the economic outlook. Right? Oh, yeah, not uh, the health side. Yeah. I don't no, know in if fact, Helmut I, knows... Uh, he's maybe one of the worst people to talk to. Well, who knows? <laughs> maybe he has a... Maybe he's a hobby epidemiologist. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. But he's uh, he's definitely a bright guy when it comes to the market. And, and before we get to that, Matt, I, I'm kind of, you know, on this COVID-19 thing, a lot of people that were skeptical are now kind of moving to a bit more fearful. That's right. I mean, there was, uh, as I think the World Health Organization just called it a pandemic. Yes. I think Chancellor Merkel in Germany is now saying that uh, Germany is going to have a major outbreak. 70% uh, or something. 
a parent at my kid's school just uh, got it. I, it seems Jeez. like it's coming. It's coming home to roost here in a way that a lot of people uh, a couple weeks back didn't expect. Right. So I mean, yeah, there's a lot to consider, primarily on the health side, but it, it's worth thinking about what the Canadian economy, the global economy, BC's economy, the Vancouver economy, and the Vancouver real estate market are going to do in the next months weeks days right and uh and like i said helmet's a great guy to have that we cover everything in this conversation right and and i think uh i kind of left it feeling better much better for the conversation but also um you had sent me some tweets where i was doing a spiral on the way over here Um, (laughs) i went into a deep dive one of the one of the tips this week of ours don't don't yeah stay off don't underestimate it but also don't go on twitter ever (laughs) twitter is terrifying right now um but before we get to to our chat with helmet matt we do have the oakwind tip we do have the oakwind tip this week Oakwind Realty, our brokerage, yes. uh, fantastic place. Good people uh, for, over there. Yeah, good people. Fantastic place to be and uh, and a fantastic place to hang your license, that's for sure. Sure. Oakwind tip this week, it's tax season. Remember to collect your expenses on investment properties. Some of these may be applied as tax write-offs for rental income. Check with your accountant to see what expenses can apply. Always good. It's funny. I I have a lot of people that in in my database, clients, past clients of mine, that have several doors but don't have a like their own accountant. And I, I prefer I've, to do my own accounting. I've worked over the years to get these people to have accountants, and I think they're all super happy now that they do. But I mean, if you're not tax planning. You're not planning. That that that's exactly it, and it's it's one of the silliest things that we come across. I would say it's, it's uh, yeah. It's not the, it's not what you earn; it's what you keep. Isn't that uh, what you said on our live the other day? Speaking of lives, yes. Before we get to our tip, let's just say I apparently last week said our live is next Thursday, right? March nineteenth. It's actually March eighteenth. Yes. So these are Wednesday night events, uh, at least so far. 7 p.m. next Wednesday, we have a super exciting guest. I can't wait. We're not going to name. We're not going to. The name is withheld. This is a big deal. To keep your suspense. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a big deal. It's it's a huge deal. Yeah. And so we're you know if you haven't joined us for our live events, it's it's a really easy concept. It's Matt and I and a guest and and secret so sometimes there. I don't know if he's going to be there this week, but probably we're not. at the bento box. We're having a beer. We're talking about real estate for an hour, and anyone can join the conversation. You can ask questions. It's phenomenal. It's, a, it's a really good night. It's and just you like know a what? hangout. It's a hangout with like the last couple of events. There's some regulars showing up with their with with their own beer, and uh, yeah, it's a good conversation. It's well, a, it's a great conversation. We'll be asking what you're drinking this time. Yeah, I'm talking to you, vegan Kev. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But let's get to our tip. Our okay. tip has to do with COVID nineteen as well. Yeah. So our tip this week, of course, is maybe stay off Twitter. That's that's <laughs> right. that's not that's only part of the tip. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that only because uh, I was quite blasé about this whole COVID nineteen thing. Sure. Uh, and uh, I got on. Now some, you're freaking out. I got on some threads of tweeters coming out of Italy, yeah. and uh, it's ter- it's terrifying stuff. So, um, you know what, maybe stay off Twitter, but don't be so blasé about it. Like this is, this is serious business, obviously. Uh, I think it's inevitable that the cases are on the rise here in Vancouver sure. and uh, we want to do everything we can do to flatten the curve. Yeah. I mean, if you're a young person, yeah, you, there's a good chance that, um, you're going to weather this storm better than most, but the reality is that if it's, it's more about just stopping the spread, right? You well, want, yeah, or, or someone... at least having it kind of in ebb and flow as opposed to everybody getting 
at, at once, right? right? And that's where the real challenge comes because then the health services are overwhelmed. Uh, sure. Like in Italy right now, I think the death rate goes up. You know, we're not doctors, but uh, but we play one on a podcast. But we do sometimes play one on a podcast. <laughs> so so stay home. Yeah, uh, stay home. Watch our live event. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, exactly. Next and Wednesday, tune into the live event. That's where communities are being formed. Anyway, yeah. Uh, tap elbows and uh, yeah, and uh, stay calm. Stay calm. And and for sure, just quickly before we get, finally, before we get to our interview with Helmet, uh, shout out to Ramey from RameyFilms.com for letting us use his space, the Bento Box. Uh, we love it here. He does video marketing for us. He does video marketing for people. He's fantastic. Beautiful films. Full of ideas. He's the one who came up with live. Yeah. The live events are great. He's doing other live events. So check out live at the Bento Box, RameyFilms.com. Cannot wait. So let's cut to our talk with Helmut Pastrick, Chief Economist at Central and Credit Union. Everybody knows this guy in the city because he's yes. a leading voice. They're monitoring the situation by the hour. And we've got him here. And we talked to him uh, very recently. So I can't wait. I can't wait for this conversation. This is a fantastic one. It's everything COVID-19 and the economy. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Helmut Pastrick, Chief Economist at Central One Credit Union. And of course, past guest. Thanks for uh, coming back. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. We should say fan favorite as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Helmut, can you start maybe by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, well, I'm the uh, chief economist for uh, Central One Credit Union, which is a uh, uh, provides uh, services to all BC credit unions in BC and since 2008 credit unions in on, Ontario. So we monitor the economy and housing markets for our mem- member credit unions. Right. Right. Is uh, and a lot of local data, right? Like one of the things that I feel like you and your team put out for BC specifically that everyone in the real estate market cloms onto is is kind of really digging down into the BC specific data. Yes, that's right. Uh, given the nature of our membership, our credit unions are relatively small, financial institutions, locally based, uh, and uh, so we need to drill down into uh, regional and local market areas, uh, um, their economic conditions, uh, housing market market activity and forecasts as well. So we had you on, I guess it was a while back now. Um, We've we've talked to a few other uh, economists more recently that were fairly uh, bullish on 2020 earlier in the year. Uh, The real estate market, uh, the economy in general, Um, obviously with uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus, things have seem to be changing by the by the hour. In fact, on the way over, I think it was just the World Health Organization just uh, came out and said it's a pandemic, uh, literally mm-hmm. as I was driving over here. So um, I guess maybe we can start by uh, on the economy side. Should we should we be afraid? Well, I wouldn't say afraid. Concerned is probably a better way to describe it. Uh, and certainly the events of the past uh, two or three months uh, with the COVID uh, outbreak, uh, has resulted in uh, downgrade in our economic uh, expectations for 2020. Uh, clearly, the uh, travel industry, the tourist industry, uh, are, are being uh, negatively affected by the outbreak, um, and globally as well as uh, nationally, provincially, and locally. Uh, um, you know, Vancouver does have a considerable cruise ship uh, industry, uh, uh, and the uh, spin-offs from that uh, will play out. Uh, uh, 
So, and then, of course, the the whole uh, notion that people are simply uh, hunkering down, if you will, uh, um, less likely to attend uh, uh, events where there are large numbers of people. Uh, you know, there have been conference cancellations, event cancellations. Uh, I'm not aware of any uh, events in the Vancouver area, but certainly they have occurred elsewhere. And, and of course, you know, the uh, BC and Vancouver area economies are, are fairly small and very dependent on what happens outside uh, those economies, what happens to the U.S. economy, to the Asian economies, uh, all, all makes a difference as well. Uh, uh, so, yes, we've downgraded our uh, forecasts for the B.C. economy and for 2020, um, and um, particularly for uh, parts of the province that are more commodity-based, uh, the northern B.C., uh, the, the Kootenai. Um, you know, China is the second largest economy in the world, but it is the largest consumer of commodities oil, metals, mm-hmm. and and the like. So uh, their slowdown uh, is quite considerable, uh, for at least for the time being. And uh, uh, we will uh, – that will have a, a knock-on effects on, on those regional economies. For the Vancouver area economy, obviously it's more service-based uh, – uh, but again, it does, it is the major transportation hub, uh, as well. Uh, and of course, in addition, we've had those road, uh, those rail blockades as well. Right. Uh, and that has, has had some negative consequences. Uh, you know, the backup in the ports, uh, for example. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've downgraded our, our forecasts. Uh, we still see growth, but it's, uh, not as robust as what we thought. We're, you know, we're knocking it back by up, upwards of a half a percentage point, uh, thereabouts. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, interest rates have come down. Right. So uh, the housing market uh, outlook uh, generally has improved. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually, we had a friend of ours uh, mention the other day that, that it seems like Vancouver, the real estate market at least, is ignoring the COVID-19 for the time being. Um, and then we actually we were speaking to someone, someone else who said that even though the interest rates are, are dropping, um, this might that's that's usually a clear indication that there's there's concern about the economy and that might actually counteract some of the uh, some of the housing housing market. Yeah, true. It, it certainly could in the, in the short term, but uh, bear in mind the housing market uh, was picking up before COVID-19. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, sales began to pick up roughly second quarter of, uh, of 2019 and began to gain, gain momentum uh, throughout the uh, year. Uh, prices soon followed. Um, roughly in the third quarter, we could see the inflection point in prices in the lower mainland, uh, and uh, prices have continued to rise. Right. Uh, the latest uh, data we have sales activity through to February, and February was a pretty good month. Uh, January was a you know with the weather conditions were, were were worse than normal, so they were it was a bit weak in January. But February numbers uh, uh, came back somewhat, uh, and I fully expect uh, that we'll see uh, further sales gains uh, in in March uh, and and beyond. Uh, so the uh, dr- the emergency rate cut that the Bank of Canada engineered just a week ago, fifty basis points, uh, that cut, of course reduces the uh, prime uh, uh, lending rate, so variable rate mortgages have, have dropped by that amount, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, fixed rate mortgages are now coming down as well. Right. Yeah, and also we have the change in the stress test, effective uh, April 6th uh, of this year, where for insured mortgages, the benchmark uh, rate 
it will now be based on a more market rate uh, and rather than the uh, Bank of Canada's posted five-year fixed rate. Mm-hmm. And posted rates uh, uh, are move, move uh, very slowly and uh, not really uh, in, in uh, tandem with market rates. And so this shift to a more market-based uh, benchmark rate uh, will result in a lower rate and uh, that in, in, in turn will uh, improve uh, you know, the accessibility to mortgage financing right. and hence, uh, uh, I think, at the margin, more housing sales. I, I was just thinking, like, we've, we've suffered from really low inventory um, for, for a long time now in the market. Um, and, I mean, we're, we've been around 20% down on inventory, and it seems like a lot of good product is not coming to market. That's kind of been the challenge. I'm just wondering if, if COVID-19 kind of shakes some inventory loose potentially for the spring market which but, I think, or or the opposite though well my it? my thought was that if somebody was thinking about selling this spring or summer um and the market's still really good right now the fear of the market shifting might force them onto the market earlier um, yeah what or, was, or what was the well or the alternative i guess is that uh everybody's hunkering down it's not the time to make a move. Right? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Now, typically, uh, under normal conditions, uh, sales pick pick up uh, during the spring, sure. uh, and so do uh, listings. Uh, so the supply of units on the market tends to uh, pick up in tandem uh, with with housing sales and housing price activity. Uh, but it's true that the uh, number of uh, listings on the market has declined ever since that sales pickup occurred roughly uh, mid last year, right. and remains low. Uh, so, uh, yes, we do need more supply on the market. Uh, uh, market conditions are tightening. Uh, price pressures are, 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 are certainly um, well entrenched. And uh, we are now in, a, in another upswing on, on housing prices. And uh, this is in the lower mainland. And, and even in this single detached market, which was the hardest hit, uh, going back to the uh, foreign buyers tax of right. 2016 and etc., uh, that market too is beginning to stabilize and uh, and I would predict uh, show price gains. Actually, it, yeah, so it's, it seems well, in prices, are increasing, prices in, are increasing. Prices are increasing, and the west side, actually, and the west seems. side houses now, I mean, seem to really. I mean, there was a, the house that had 46 offers on it. I think last week. Mm. Um, I mean, entry, it was underpriced. It was en- it was underpriced <laughs> and entry level, but still yeah. sold for probably a you know a hundred. $200,000 more yeah. than where it would have sold Indeed. three months ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. so we're seeing some some upward pressure on Indeed. pricing. In the and in other so. parts of uh, BC, we, we never really saw any much of a price decline. In fact, in the Victoria market, the Vancouver Island market, prices more or less slowed. The rate of increase slowed right. and never really declined, uh, mm. unlike uh, in Vancouver, which was really driven by the, uh, the uh, single-family market uh, decline. Uh, condo prices have held up quite nicely. In fact, uh, condo prices uh, uh, continue to rise in, in the lower mainland, albeit at a slower pace, but now are picking up, and they're at record highs. Uh, mm-hmm. And the same would apply to the Kelowna market, uh, the uh, most of the island market. Uh, we do have weak spots in BC, uh, clearly with the uh, forest lumber uh, problems we see in the, in the central, uh, in the caribou mm-hmm. region, uh, in the northeast with the oil and or the gas situation. So there are weak, weak markets you know, within the BC, but of course, uh, you know, the lower mainland, Vancouver Island and Kelowna, they dominate uh, the numbers. Right. Do you see COVID-19? Because a lot of this, a lot of a lot of what you're saying sounds pretty positive here uh, for Vancouver. Do you see COVID-19 as, as the biggest threat to uh, the real estate market and also the larger economy in 2020? 
and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on how governments around the world are kind of yes. approaching it. Yeah, I, I think for the time being, uh, COVID-19 probably is the uh, largest threat through the uh, economy, uh, global economy, national and and, and local. Um, you know, of course, we now have this oil price war that just erupted over the weekend. Right. And, <laughs> and that has quite negative consequences, obviously, for our friends in Alberta, right. Saskatchewan, Newfoundland, uh, and the like. So that's another hit uh, to uh, to uh, the economy, to markets as well, uh, and, and sentiment. So uh, we'll see how that plays out, uh, whether there's some some agreement between Russia and Saudi Arabia uh, that might come out in the, in the coming weeks. But uh, uh, right now, it's COVID-19 uh, is the the largest concern uh, for, for the economy. But that, too, should be temporary. You know, 2021 should be, uh, uh, we should see better economic conditions. Uh, uh, this is a temporary um, uh, outbreak. Uh, ultimately, I think, will be, you know, will be contained. Uh, it may take more weeks or hopefully not too many more months. Uh, and uh, then uh, more you know, normal activity will resume. Uh, you know the supply chain disruptions that have occurred in China, uh, you know, look to be ending. And there's some anecdotal evidence that uh, some businesses are beginning to uh, start up again in China, although it's still very early. Um, so certainly for the uh, first quarter of this year, the second quarter of this year, the economic numbers, which have yet to come out and reflect. Uh, the supply chain disruptions, COVID-19 uh, uh, impacts uh, will be coming out in, in the month. So industrial production, retail sales numbers, all of those other main economic indicators have yet to reflect that negative impact, those negative impacts. And that'll be coming out uh, uh, in, the, in the coming uh, months, really. Uh, so I'm looking, you know, most forecasters are expecting the second half of this year to begin to see stabilization and some resumption of growth. And uh, quite frankly, there could be some, you know, the first, uh, when we begin to see that, there could be a pretty good rebound in economic growth to make up for this lost mm -hmm. activity, mm -hmm. right. particularly on the manufacturing side. Uh, you know, the, the, the lack of the drawdown on inventories will need to be dealt with as well. So there'll be some makeup activity. Now, there's some will be lost. There'll be some you know, outright economic losses. Uh, you know, the event cancellations and, and, and the like sure. uh, uh, will be, will not be made up. But um, uh, we should see some, some you know, better economic uh, conditions uh, develop uh, later this year, hopefully, uh, and, and no, and very likely by 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, the, the, I was just going to say, the, you know, the emergency rate cuts that, that played out is, is a signal right. that, you know, the policymakers are taking this very seriously. You know, they were led by the Fed's uh, half a point percentage cut right. uh, a week or so ago. In fact, the Fed meets again next week, and very likely we see another half percentage point cut in their policy rate. And uh, the Bank of Canada cut uh, 50 basis points yeah. or half percentage point. The next meeting for the Bank of Canada is mid-April. And I would expect another 50 percent so or 50 basis point cut. That's incredible. Yeah. And so the prime rate uh, will be, again, consequently that much lower. Uh, bond yields have come down in the marketplace to very low levels. And therefore, the cost of funds uh, to for more for lenders to fund mortgages is also beginning to come down, right. and that should reflect uh, lower mortgage rates. should re Should be the result. So clearly, you're not seeing this because I mean uh, Monday. Uh, you know, we're kind of casual observers of the stock market. I would say at best, um, but obviously, we saw the biggest declines on the stock market uh, Monday since uh, the crisis of 2008. 
Um, you're not seeing this, it's by, by what I can understand, you're not seeing uh, the kind of confluence of uh, the coronavirus with the oil issues and the blockade, I guess, in Canada as, as leading to a crisis like we saw 10, 12 years ago. No, correct. No, it's it's not like the great financial crisis of 08, 09, uh, where it really was a credit event, uh, a real credit crunch developed for a variety of reasons. Uh, this time, uh, credit is being uh, supplied to the market. Uh, it's really a matter, it's a demand shock, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people just withdrawing uh, from the economy, if you will. And, uh, and uh, of course, there's supply chain disruption. So that's a supply uh, shock. The oil price uh, is a uh, supply shock on the uh, the other side, uh, increasing uh, oil uh, production and reducing prices. So, um, but more importantly, it's temporary, uh, the COVID-19. And we will get, we had SARS, you know, we had the Asian flu, uh, H1N1 play out, and probably others <laughs> over the over the uh, history, uh, and we and we, we get we get through this. You know, uh, there will be ultimately a vaccine developed, be it a year or, or more, um, and uh, again, the activity will resume. Uh, so um, I'm not. Uh, this is not like the great financial crisis of, of 2008, 2009. Uh, even though we've we've seen these very large reactions on the financial markets, the equity market, the bond market. Uh, so in that sense, it kind of looks like. Uh, what it was right. back in, but market, feels like <laughs> yeah, those financial markets, uh, you know, they react very quickly and, and, uh, uh, often overreact both on the upside and the downside. And there's a lot of algorithm, algo uh, trading, algorithmic trading that's going on. Just, uh, there's no one really pressing the button saying, I want to buy or sell this stock. Right. It's just mm-hmm. computerized trading. We know this has been around for quite a while, but it, it tends to accentuate. Uh, the upswings and the downswings. So, you know, uh, there are many analysts who say, well, the stock market was overvalued prior to this. You know, valuations were high, PE ratios, et cetera, all those mm-hmm. technically indicators. Mm-hmm. So some sort of, uh, you know, substantial downdraft uh, as these negative events developed is understandable. And so it's the kind of a normal market uh, correction, if you will. Uh, could be, it could potentially be a bear market, you know, i.e. a 20% decline from peak to trough. Uh, we're, we're very close to that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, uh, we've gone through this before. And quite frankly, Frankly, for those who have uh, have um, uh, the right time frame and and the uh, the, the right approach, it, it, it could it probably is a buying opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it, uh, uh, you know Warren Buffett's famous phrase is, uh, you know, when when the greedy, uh, you know, are out there, that you should be fearful. But when there's most a lot of fear out there, be greedy. So right, kind right. of do the opposite, if you will. Uh, uh, you know what? And it's so funny because I was talking to somebody and I remember thinking about for years after the 2008, 2009, especially looking at Canadian bank stock when it dropped just mm-hmm. to, it was, it was it's, talk about being on sale, right? Yes. Uh, and, and then you look at where, what's happened in the last week and I was saying to somebody, uh, I know who, who, you know, does uh, kind of sits behind the computer. They're like, ah, I'm a little shell shocked. I don't think I'm going to get involved. But it may be actually the time. It is. It's like, <laughs> this is not the time to be shell shocked and watch the opportunity go. That's by. right. And uh, this is where we put emotion aside, both on the fear and on the, uh, you know, uh, being too aggressive. And, and quite frankly, most of us, including myself, you know, uh, basically ride it out. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. don't do make any. And that's and often, usually the correct position to be in. You know, if you do have some cash you could deploy or you want to re 
rebalance your portfolio, that then this is a good time to do that as well. Um, but for the most of us, we write it out. You know, we don't have the time or expertise to to really make uh, you know wise decisions. Uh, and uh, most of us, if we when, when we enter the market, we're just re- you know kind of retail investors, and we do go on emotion. And uh, unlike professionals who who uh, you know are guided by more rational uh, be, you know behavior, if you will, and thinking. <laughs> right, right. I think there's always a fear of throwing good money after bad, right? Yes, yeah. Um, I, I just had a question just staying on the stock market uh, because, you know, we're out, um, you know, at open houses, pounding the pavement, and and people over the last week have asked uh, on more than one occasion, okay, look at what's happening in the stock market. How does that impact real estate here in Vancouver? Can you talk a little bit about if there's any relationship as far as you see in terms of stock market and real estate? Well, you know, the, the, the sort of economic relationship is typically, uh, uh, okay, stock market uh, wealth, uh, to the extent that it declines or increases, uh, can have some, uh, some uh, economic impact. So it can affect spending, if you will. Uh, um, you know, there estimations have been that for every $100 increase in wealth, whether it's uh, through equities or housing, it may impact spending on the order of 3 to $5. That kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the best economists can do. <laughs> <laughs> However, on the sentiment side, which is difficult, the psychology, you know, the fact that we see these, uh, ra- these substantial uh, movements on financial markets and, you know, what, what the heck is going on and where, when will it end and where will it end, that could delay some, you know, could have w- uh, an effect on the real economy and the housing market. Say, well, I'm just going to hold off. I'm going to wait till things settle down before I make this big purchase. You know, housing typically is the largest purchase we make uh, as a as a household uh, and um, so to that extent it can affect uh, acti- uh, you know housing activity and the economy do you, do you think that the money will be redirected into tangible assets to some extent, you know, uh, for those who are, are leery of, of the of the equity market, uh, I mean, certainly right now, uh, you would think, okay, well, gold is probably a good place to be, and quite frankly, I think real estate would, would also be another good place to be, uh, and uh, uh, safe havens. Uh, what are safe haven and assets? Well, government bonds. Well, they're, look at their bond yields are now less than 1% for 10 years. So uh, basically, you're basically just, uh, if you're investing there, you're not looking for a return. You're just looking for a place to keep your money, uh, preserve capital, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing I'm struck uh, by, Helmet, is um, you seem actually more optimistic than I was actually expecting uh, about <laughs> about the, the uh, economy here. What if if we were at your most pessimistic, uh, how does COVID nineteen impact the global economy in in twenty 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 one? Okay, in my most pessimistic, uh, this pandemic would will spread, uh, will last through through the year uh, into twenty twenty one. You know the the uh, cases in China seem to have uh, leveled out. However, it's spreading very rapidly, more rapidly outside of China, Europe, North America. Uh, and other and what about Africa? Right. Uh, well, well, South yeah, America, too, uh, where where they have where their health system is is less prepared, if you will, uh, able to handle such a thing, uh, the outbreak. So uh, it could become much worse. That is very true. Uh, and so uh, we could see a global uh, a global recession. That's that's possible. Uh, you know, right now the uh, growth forecasts are being uh, cut for the first quarter of, of this year, for the second quarter of this year, and again, uh, generally expecting some sort of rebound uh, later. Uh, 
this year, but if it if this uh, uh, becomes a uh, you know far more serious, you know the number of cases are now one hundred and twenty thousand. What if it becomes a half a million? What if it mm-hmm. becomes a, into the millions and deaths uh, also get you know rises into the uh, five digit or more area? Uh, well, you can see what's happened to, to uh, air travel, to to tourism, uh, and just to right. to uh, you know uh, avoiding uh, again public spaces where there are a lot of people or a restaurant. Uh, I'm sure business is, is down. Hotels uh, business is down, and, and so it goes. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it would, it would, would result uh, in uh, in a, uh, a recession probably in, in, in Canada and, and BC uh, as well. Uh, I mean, a global recession, it would be centered in, in uh, those countries with, uh, with the most uh, cases. So it would, it would be uh, uh, quite negative. And we would see interest rates cut to near zero. Uh, bond yields remain low. Um, uh, but of course, you know, the employment impact would begin. We would see unemployment rise. And so the, you know, the, the housing pickup that I envision would, 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 would stall, uh, quite frankly. And, uh, uh, it would be, uh, the recovery would be delayed until we get clear of this, uh, this event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one thing, um, you know, like last time where interest rates were being cut this aggressively was, was yeah. you know twelve years ago I guess now in in two thousand eight, um, w- there seemed like there was more bullets in the gun back then in terms of where they started interest rate wise to where they where they got. Uh, what type of in uh, continuing down the the uh, pessimistic road? I'm I'm generally an optimist, <laughs> but yeah. just for the sake of uh, discussion, what kind of tools do you see uh, available to 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 governments in terms of combating this on the economic side. Indeed, uh, you make a good point. Uh, monetary policy can only go so far. And uh, so now there's more and more uh, talk, and we will see fiscal response. So, And that will, will probably mean more spending. Uh, uh, I probably targeted uh, to, uh, to address these issues related to COVID-19, uh, to address labor market issues, and probably some relief for businesses. Uh, uh, and uh, potentially some regulatory changes as well, uh, but it will be mainly uh, uh, on the fiscal spending side, uh, taxation uh, and or spending. Um, Canada, the federal government will be issuing a budget within the next four weeks probably. Uh, there's talk, of course, in the U.S. of, uh, of implementing uh, fiscal stimulus measures, which are they're currently developing. Uh, and um, in, ca- in some cases, the market is, uh, is uh, watching all these developments very, very closely. And when there's uh, uh, indications that there's a package about to be announced, the markets will go up. And when there's disappointment, markets come down, uh, just like today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, but we will see uh, uh, more fiscal response. Uh, and there is fiscal room, quite frankly. Uh, you know, Canada's uh, federal debt uh, uh, is, is not exorbitant and uh, can handle uh, um, uh, higher levels. Um, and uh, in the U.S., you know, situation's a bit different. They, uh, the, you know, uh, they, they were certainly running, uh, you know, more, more higher debt levels. Uh, uh, so, um, but again, it's it, there's uh, that's the appropriate response, uh, and, and after all, government is a you know it, government's role is to look after its people. Right. <laughs> so uh, you know if, if it does incur more debt, well then you have to deal with that in the future. But for right now, the I think the, the goal would be to to address the current situation and get through it, and then uh, deal with uh, those higher debt levels uh, later on. Uh, uh, so right now, I th- you know I would expect to see that uh, in many countries. Uh, uh, 
U.S., Europe, uh, Canada, China has begun to implement measures, and, and so we'll see uh, that play out as well. Yeah, but we'll still it won't cure things. You know, it'll it'll potentially mitigate, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it may not prevent a, the global economy from falling into recession should this outbreak worsen. Right. Yeah. It seems to me like on the uh, in terms of um, support in the health sector in in Canada and and our economy, we might be able to weather this storm better than a lot of other countries. What does this suggest for do you think the long term? Uh, outlook of our economy like does does the COVID-19 play into um, you know future growth in Canada or immigration or anything related to um, just our our spot Mm. in the global outlook I don't I don't think so I think it's uh, even if it extends uh, uh, beyond this year it it will still be relatively temporary if you will obviously it's going to leave some sort of impact uh, and hopefully our health system in a better position afterwards uh, better prepared Uh, and also our population I mean one one side benefit is uh, personal hygiene (laughs) the awareness you know (laughs) and uh, so that we won't uh, have to shake each other's hands anymore so (laughs) to to the extent that that uh, becomes a habit uh, then we're all better off I, I suppose but uh, I think, you know, the Canadian economy has a lot of challenges. Uh, uh, you know, the transition from a commodity export-oriented uh, uh, to a more service-based economy, which has played out over the past three or four decades. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new and will continue. Uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know, clearly there, there are so many other challenges uh, that, uh, you know, the economy and businesses have to face and as well as households. Uh, you know, climate change, uh, when you think long-term, uh, right. uh, you know, that's, that is going to be a, a clearly a growing, growing factor uh, determining the economic outcomes, if you will, and how we react. Uh, I mean, after all, it's our environment, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so we, it's, it's unavoidable. Well, that's, that's so, kind of what I think I was getting at in the sense of like the, the, how Canada looks in the rest of the world in, a, in an era of climate change, yeah. um, pandemics, uh, political instability, um, you know, just kind of a, there's almost, depending on the, how, what the out, out, what the outcome is the here, outcome yeah. is here yeah. I guess that's the big I think favorably quite frankly you yeah. know uh, we are in the northern hemisphere uh, uh you know, I've seen studies that suggest, okay, climate change over the next 20, 30 years will actually uh, result in a, a bigger, better agricultural outcome, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, that we'll be able to grow for longer and for further north. Uh, obviously, there are other negative uh, uh, impacts that uh, come along the way. Uh, uh, so uh, I think we're well, well positioned. We do have, a, you know, a good reputation globally, I believe, uh, you know, for political stability uh, by comparison to some other countries and the rule of law generally holds. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's favorable. And the other big factor is demographics going, looking longer term, you know, uh, guys like me are going to be leaving the labor force in, in increasing numbers. So in response, the federal government has increased immigration uh, levels. Uh, that'll help m- mitigate uh, uh, some of that uh, labor force uh, issues that uh, that are really going to be uh, coming uh, in, in the longer term. Uh, and after all, when it comes to economic growth, you know, the labor side of things is very important. Uh, you know, we can have a lot of and need more capital investment to increase, uh, improve productivity. Uh, but we also need labor to to execute <laughs> to use that capital. So mm-hmm, um, right. yeah, that's another important long run uh, factor, uh, yeah, which which many countries are facing. You know, uh, China's population is declining because of the one-child policy. Right. Japan's population has been declining for, for years, uh, since the 90s. Uh, so, you know, uh, population growth is an important uh, economic driver. And 
and uh, that's one uh, a factor that for you know is uh, is at play in, obviously in BC the lower mainland uh, and, and other parts of the province as well uh, that we have this you know population growth on the order of one and a half percent or, or more in some cases in some regions mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know and it's funny because you just mentioned you know guys like you uh, I was going to say so the 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 nice part about that not you leaving but is that you have years of experience and you've been through a couple different cycles you've you've seen it you've seen a lot right um in terms of this moment thinking kind of specifically maybe about COVID-19 but also just the the pile-on type atmosphere in, in which negative news is happening like does this remind you of of another moment uh, that you can think of? I suppose the, the great financial crisis uh, would be one. And then in uh, 80, 81, 82, the, 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 global, the severe global economic recession, uh, when inflation was quote-unquote broken, when interest rates soared, uh, mainly by this, uh, driven by central banks, uh, to 18 20%. You know, to to break the back, quote unquote, of inflation that was building up in the late sixties and right throughout the seventies. Uh, so the, that uh, uh, you know event uh, out outshadows what's going on now, quite frankly. So, uh, I, in terms of ranking, uh, I would rank the uh, when it comes to simply Canada and BC, the eighty two crash. Uh, economic recession was was more severe than the great financial crisis of 2008-2009 and and more and uh, the covid-19 now uh, I would rank below those events in terms of severity hmm. yeah how does i'm just curious cuz like while we're having this conversation i've probably had about six or seven pings from apple tell, telling me that uh, <laughs> COVID, 70% of the you know, population yeah, will yeah, exactly. by the end of the month. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just wondering, like, the like from from an economist's perspective of monitoring, um, you know, major global events, how has, like, the role of media and negative media and then social media... Uh, and the speed of everything, And the right? speed of it. Like, how does that... How do you take... How do you factor that in? And then also... How does that influence the markets now in a way that that maybe it it wouldn't have yeah. even in 08, right? I mean, yeah. Well, indeed, uh, practically have instant news uh, at our fingertips, and sure. uh, so it happens very quickly. So that, that certainly does move markets uh, more rapidly than in the past. Uh, you know, I go back uh, quite a, a couple of a few decades, if you will, and when pre-internet days, and so you were just waiting for the radio news, TV news, and 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 written news, if you will, right. <laughs> to keep a, keep abreast of events. Uh, um, but uh, so it's really has, uh, you know, changed and in some ways for the better, quite frankly, uh, you know, the more information we have, uh, assuming it's good information, uh, the, the, you know, we can make better decisions and, and, and we can better understand what's going on. So uh, it, it is positive in that sense. Uh, you know, there's certainly some negatives to, uh, to the current uh, technology, I suppose. Uh, um, you know, there, there's that potential for, you know, misinformation for so uh, much more fake news now. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. So there's that element. And so really, I, you know, I, I follow, uh, you know, uh, the events as closely as I, I need to. Uh, and I, I really, you know, over the years have developed oh, I, these trusted sources, you know. So I, I, there's some sources I just simply ignore, I, I, uh, given, their, given their sort of history, if you will. And so I have trusted sources and uh, I follow on a regular basis. And that's, that's uh, you know, I, I try to, uh, uh, you know, just to 
staying on top of current events, if you will. And, and it is. It's a real challenge to, to try to anticipate what may uh, develop. Uh, and economic forecasters, quite frankly, are not much better than weather forecasters. <laughs> you know, so I would like to think we're a little bit better, but uh, in some respects, but uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's a real challenge when we have these these type of events. Uh, uh, but again, looking back in history, you know, SARS was temporary. You know, these other uh, epidemics were were temporary. The Spanish flu that broke out in 1918, 19, and 20. I mean, that was apparently, you know, even more severe yeah. right. uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the widespread nature, the number of cases and the deaths, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that no doubt had, had an economic negative impact as well, uh, uh, clearly. Uh, but so uh, I think this time around, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's 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 going to, uh, you know, uh, obviously won't be as severe as that, uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll pass. Uh, well, well, maybe we can, because uh, I have two more questions here. But uh, thinking of forecasting, um, British Columbia's economy in at the end of 2020, and maybe two to five years out projections here where we're going to be kind of best educated guess and then and then moving on to real estate specifically yeah i think the uh, again assuming the the uh, uh cases begin to diminish outside of china and that we do have some uh, uh stabilization uh, occur uh, so some pickup in the second half of the year you know hopefully third q third quarter but you know maybe perhaps it's now looking more like fourth quarter and if not then in 2021 so for for the year as a whole uh you know economic growth Growth uh, probably in BC less than two percent. Uh, unemployment rate uh, probably to to inch up somewhat. Um, uh, and in five years' time, I would expect the economy to to be oh, uh, at minimum. Uh, 10, 15% higher than it is today. So I would think, uh, you know, our underlying growth rate in BC is somewhere in that two, two and a half percent range. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, you know, over five years, we should, uh, you know, somewhere be you know, 15% higher, 10, 15% higher in, in total economic output. Um, uh, the unemployment rate will very likely be lower given the demographics, for one thing, and of course the ongoing growth that I see. Uh, and yes, we may have, may well have a, another recession play out. There, there will be they may well be another shock event uh, occur. Uh, you know, the normal state of affairs is growth uh, in, in, in most in most conditions, um, and given our economic base and and, and like that, our growth is is uh, should have, should occur on a, on a regular basis. Uh, uh, when it comes to housing, uh, I see. Uh, uh, that with lower interest rates, with the change in the stress tests uh, that I mentioned, uh, that housing activity uh, will be higher this year than last year. So uh, I'm, I'm still looking at about a 20% increase in housing sales for 2020 relative to 2019. Uh, housing prices uh, on average, uh, again, average over average year, uh, up 10%. Uh, and again, mainly lower mainland, uh, Victoria, Kelowna, uh, not so much in, in the uh, resource-based uh, parts of the province. <clears throat> and in five years, uh, I think housing uh, could be another, uh, prices could be another 25, 30% higher, uh, quite frankly. Uh, uh, again, assuming, uh, you know, I think the, the, the interest rate environment will remain low. Uh, uh, when growth does resume, the bank, the central banks will begin to raise rates. So uh, these emergency cuts will be uh, unwound and, and undone uh, in 20. 
potentially later in 21, 22, 23, we should see uh, rates uh, sort of normalize. Uh, and uh, these are emergency level rates, record low rates, uh, uh, we're very likely to, to, to uh, prevail. So, uh, um, uh, you know, that, that will sort of bite into housing demand. So housing affordability, uh, as measured by price to income ratios, price to rent rate or rent to income ratios, uh, price to income ratios uh, will worsen, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I see that worsening in the long term as well. So um, given the uh, supply constraints we have uh, in the lower mainland, Victoria, and other areas uh, relative to our demand growth, uh, you know, housing prices will uh, will be considerably higher and will increase faster than incomes will. So in that sense, it's a negative, uh, you know, a negative view from from an affordability point of view uh, perspective. Potentially the health Uh, of the city, yeah. You know, uh, certainly we need more supply, and that's that's going an ongoing challenge. Uh, more rental supply as well, uh, and there will be uh, over the course of the next coming decades uh, relatively m- uh, more renters than there are today because of the affordability crunch. Uh, there will simply be fewer people able to afford owner- home ownership. Uh, and of course, units will become uh, smaller as they have over the mm. over the over the prior sure. decades as well. Though the, the the densification you see just out your window here will continue and uh, and be further, uh, you know, throughout the, um, the lower mainland markets and in the other markets as well. Uh, and so, you know, we really have to grow up, if you will, densify. Uh, there just isn't enough land uh, uh, to to accommodate uh, growth. Yeah, so yeah. in some sense, if you're a homeowner, you'll certainly be able to to see capital appreciation. Uh, and if you're looking to enter the market, uh, it, it'll be an ongoing challenge, clearly. Uh, and um, but we do need housing. Uh, we need housing to to uh, also accommodate economic growth uh, and and our high l- land prices. That's what it is. It's essentially land. It's not housing or right. buildings. Buildings depreciate over time. That's the land values uh, that are problematic, and that's been the case uh, for 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 decades. Frankly, and it has been a constraining factor on economic growth. You know, there are uh, businesses who would like to locate here, uh, but uh, because of high land prices, property taxes, uh, probably choose el- uh, some choose elsewhere. And the same with uh, individuals uh, who say, "Well, should I move to Vancouver area?" Well, the cost of housing is is uh, so much higher from where I'm coming from, and so they'll re- uh, some will remain here, so remain where they are, right? Uh, so it has been a constraint on on economic growth and continues to be. Yeah. One one fi- final thought while we have you. Yeah. Um, um, insurance, condo insurance, oh, strata yes. insurance, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that sort of came out of the blue, didn't it? Uh, and uh, um, I guess just in, uh, I don't understand it completely, but uh, on the surface, it appears that uh, these major insurers are, are simply incurring uh, a lot of losses, expenses, and right. they're, and what other way can they make it up through premium increases, right? So, and indeed, and that speaks to, to uh, you know, the ongoing, you know, uh, disruptions we're seeing to businesses and, and uh, as a result of climate change. I and mean, when you think about, you know, flood insurance, uh, uh, the effects of, of bad weather, and so this is only going to continue. Uh, you know, over, over, you know, become worse. I think over in the coming years and decades. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, they, it's certainly a real problem, uh, and and there, it's probably a case to be made for government to step in. 
Right. There, you know, I haven't thought that through yet, but yeah. there could be a case for, <laughs> I, I for a government to step in. Instead of an ICBC, it's a condo BC insurance yeah. company, potentially. Surprisingly, but, uh, a lot of economists even that that don't typically support government intervention are, are saying that. So I, I think that it, it seems like um, it seems like an avenue that a lot of people are It's, are it's something supporting. to be investigated. Uh, you know, after all, housing is such a basic, uh, you know, important part of, of our being, our, our, our ex- existence. You know, shelter uh, is, is a fundamental. You know, it's food, it's shelter. Uh, you know, and so uh, when when that is uh, negatively impacted, uh, I think you could make a case for government to to uh, to help out. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll leave it there. But uh, how can helmet? How can people find out? More about uh, what you guys are doing at Central One Credit Union. Okay, well, that's a good. That's good. Uh, uh, we do have a, a website, uh, centralone.com, and then you'll see a, a button at the top that says Economic Insights. You oh, yeah. click on that, and you'll see some of our reports that are available. So we issue weekly, uh, what we call weekly economic briefings, so the latest uh, uh, economic releases that StatScan puts out and uh, real estate boards put out. We will provide some commentary on that. So it's, it's BC-focused. Uh, and uh, some cases, it's it's uh, drilled down into the regions as well. And we produce our uh, our economic uh, forecasts and analyses reports on there. Our housing uh, forecasts and analysis reports as well. Yeah, we're we're big fans. Spend a lot of time on your site. We so. watch for them, and and also uh, your colleague Brian, you on Twitter. I'm telling yeah, you, right? He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's very active that way, and uh, yeah, so he's a he's a valuable member. That's that's for sure. That's Excellent. for sure. Well, thanks so much for your time, Helmut. Yeah. That was uh, in, in a time, I feel better. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, in a time where people are socially distancing. We got you to the studio, which is fantastic. So, so we appreciate you making your way down. Um, you're most welcome. My pleasure. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Helmut Pastrick, Chief Economist at Central One Credit Union. Always enjoy having Helmut on the show, Matt. What a phenomenal conversation. Super bright guy. There's and, a reason uh, why he's a fan favorite. Yeah, and and I'm feeling a little bit calmer uh, after that conversation. You know what? I feel like the intro was a little, the anxiety was high. And uh, after, yeah. after listening back there, it's like you just came from the spa. But you know what? Here's the thing. Helmet, what Helmet was saying is, is, is right, I think, in a lot of cases, in the sense that there's no need to panic. There's, there's going to be opportunities here for people that want to make some investments, particularly in the stock market, but also with interest rates going to where they are. We're now seeing, as of this morning, a client of mine got 2.29 on a five-year fixed. Yeah, that's Like, that that's is nuts. cheap money, right? That that's super nuts. cheap money. So it, and, and he's forecasting uh, another rate cut in April. So we'll see. And if Dustin Widows was yeah. saying sub 2%. Another so, fan favorite. Yeah, exactly. So w- this is, this is going to have a huge impact on people's buying power. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be opportunities that come out of this. It was a little scary, his worst case scenario outlook, um, just because we're seeing numbers on the rise, but who knows? Uh, this is, this is, uh, it's a, it's a scary time out there, but at this point it's anyone's guess. That's for sure. So what else do we got this week, Adam? We got our live event. We should say it one more time. Next Wednesday. Yes. If you're self-quarantining or at least self-distancing, this yes. is a perfect space for you. Social distancing. Ha- social distancing. Yeah, this is right. social distancing. Right. right. This is where you come, you, si- you log into YouTube. This is the whole concept of the live. We're, we're is- afraid of public spaces. Exactly. We're- but yeah, <laughs> you crack like- a beer, you log into YouTube, you have a conversation about real estate. 
in real time. Yes. It's fantastic. We got some regulars showing up. It is the best time. I Seven- love the questions. The questions and the comments. And and bring your own ideas for where you're investing, where you think there's opportunities. We love hearing from you. And uh, this is it's larger, a great conversation. Larger, larger ideas about the economy. We're... It's it's a good it's a good spot to be. Uh, so we got that. That's seven p.m. next Wednesday. That's March eighteenth. Yes, live at the Bento Box. So stay tuned for that. Look forward to seeing you there. We also got our website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, and this is where you go, Adam, if you want to sign up for things like the Live Wire. This is our weekly mailer. We're sending out stats like no one else. Yes. We got stats that no one else has. They're going out immediately. I think our our stats package is being released quicker than anyone else's stats package. And that's something that's, I pride myself yes. in, in monitoring pretty closely. Uh, so you're going to get those stats very quickly. You're going to get deal of the month. You're going to get updates on episodes. So go over and sign up for that. We also have private client services. We do, Matt. And if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's available on our site, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And it is the best resource out there. It's easy to find. It's easy to use. We'll set you up. Absolutely. If you're not using PCS to search Vancouver Real Estate, you're doing it wrong. Last but not least, Adam, it is, we're hitting mid-March. It's feeling like spring out there today. It's sunny. Right. The spring market is upon us. We have said in the last couple episodes here, we are realtors. We do help people buy and sell properties. Absolutely. And a lot of people seem to forget that. And I think it's just because we're so good on the mics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but get in touch. Get in touch for sure. We'd love to help. We'd love to connect with you. You can do that by calling me at any time, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that secret line. It's a quarantine line. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. That's the line you text uh, or email if you want some thoughts on The Bachelor, I think. <laughs> Holy <laughs> The guy's the guy's a like an a, a, he's like a Wikipedia for The Bachelor. The reaction was swift, yeah. and uh, and man, it was like an essay you sent over he, email. That was incredible. He's our he's our resident Barb, <laughs> and I don't even watch the show, so I don't even know if that's a good or bad thing. Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. <laughs>
playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 